Welcome to the Six on Purpose podcast. My name is China, like the country. My name is Dean. We have four children. We are minimalists. We're trying to be minimalists. We are vegan. We have a dog. It's not a dog, it's a cat. <laughs> and we just bought a van. Hashtag van life. No! <laughs> so this week we have been struggling with minimizing during the coronavirus yeah um i suppose it's sort of come out of um some of the the stuff we've been doing with the van because we you know obviously we we spoke about purchasing the van and it being full of a lot of stuff um yes we finally got through going through some of all of the stuff yeah on whichever night it was we um we emptied it and all into our living room and it was so much our entire living room was full and we're both riddled with anxiety it felt like moving day yeah yeah oh god just thinking about it now is quite horrible and we even had a fight about it <laughs> and you went to bed i came down and everything was gone it was amazing so i really recommend that have a fight your husband sorts everything out it wasn't me it was the minimalism elves <laughs> They come in at night and throw all your shit out. They're the opposite of Santa's elves. <laughs> all the shoemakers. Um, yeah, so you know, we, we sorted through all that stuff and a lot of um, really essential stuff we kept, you know, like the, you know, the fridge and some camping gear, power solar packs, panel. solar panels, you know, things that we could actually use for, you know, for this van conversion thing that we're doing. But there was a lot of crap because what? it was a traveler's van that he'd been living in so there was like there was there was underwear in it there was underwear in it but there was also a lot of stuff that wasn't crap but mm. we either already had or knew we wouldn't use so yeah going back to minimalism and you know a life of purpose there were things that wouldn't bring joy or wouldn't bring purpose or value to our lives because we already had things that fulfilled those roles or functions yeah and so we were able to um, you know, pass some of this stuff on to other people who could get use out of it. Yeah, and I think I think it's important though too to sort of realise that there was because I I wrote something about this um, on our website about this night because it was a, it was a huge night. Like I couldn't go to bed with all that stuff there. It. Um, yeah, you were up till about three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not that late, but it was definitely in the AM for sure. Yeah. But. I I could feel myself the anxiety sort of rising around it partly because we'd had an argument but also because we probably had an argument because I was already anxious. Oh me too. I feel sick just thinking about it. And like I I the way that I always go into declutter mode because for me there's very much a difference between decluttering and like the principles of minimalism for us because for everyone it's different yeah like our place doesn't look like a stoic's house no you know i would love it to because Uh i would love to live that way but you know we got four small kids it's not gonna happen like we've got a soccer ball in the corner (laughs) and a kid's walker and a basket full of blankets you know and half a half a of a pair of slippers that's full of toys because our son loves to fill socks with toys and carry yeah. them around. <laughs> but but you know but but the way the 
the principles of minimalism work for us is different to the way they work for everyone else. But the way that I've always done it since we started is the three pile method. Yes. You know, it's junk, donate, repurpose. It's well, how well it's, it's keep, keep, donate, trash, isn't it? Well, it kind of, I suppose when, when it's our stuff, yes, it's, it's keep, trash or donate. Yeah. That's that's when it's our stuff. Sorry, I should have qualified that. When it's when it's other things like when we're bringing in stuff, yeah. right? Whether we've you know someone's given us some stuff, or you know, like in this case specifically, I suppose I probably adapted that. Um, you know, keep, donate, or trash. Probably adopted that or adapted that a little bit to trash, keep. Sorry, trash, donate, and repurpose because the whole idea, because it all stuff came out of the van, was I was going to repurpose it in the van. Yeah, you know that, that comes under the keep, really. Yeah, but they were definitely they oh, were definitely into the house. they were definitely different. Yes, because yes. there was four laser guns in there. Oh yeah, there were. So in the van, <laughs> the, the the people who had been using it before us had purchased these laser tag rifles that are incredible for kids. Basically, we have a laser tag zone in our house and they, they love using oh, them. It was Christmas. Yeah, and, and we looked them up like they're very good quality ones. They're not your cheap $2 store, used ones, throwaway ones. They're very good quality, quite expensive. Um, and they're very noisy as well. Yeah, <laughs> but there's no chance of losing an eye like a Nerf gun, yes. which our son loves. Um, but I stayed up and sorted these things into this, into these piles. You know, there was, there was underwear and old clothes and, you know, some old clothes had to go in the trash. They were covered in just crap. Yeah, grease some, and stuff. Yeah. Some of them were, were quite good. Yeah, um, we washed in order to donate. Yeah, yeah. We, we did maybe, what, four, at least four loads of washing. Yeah, of sheets. Sheets, pillows, all that sort of stuff to... To donate them, um, and you know, we went through a lot of the camping gear and a heap of tools and stuff like that, yeah. which we ended up um, selling on because there were tools I already had. Um, and we were able to do the um, social distancing by selling and you know leaving things on the porch and people just leaving the money, so we didn't have to come into contact, which was great. Yeah, absolutely, and and it was. Uh, it's really important at the moment to 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 find workarounds for those social distancing laws because places like um, op shops and charity shops are closed. Yes. They're closed. So people who depend on them and where people, where those people, yeah. people who depend on them for, um, you know, purchases really must be struggling at the moment you know not 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 just even people that these charities give to but people who come and buy from yeah. these places you know they don't want like for us i don't i won't buy a 50 dollar t-shirt i would rather go to work shirtless than spend 50 dollars on a t-shirt unless it's a workout shirt even those i don't my yeah, workout true. shirts are 20 dollars. yeah they're 20 dollars from a a brand that sounds exactly like Mikey. <laughs> they're $20 from their direct outlet store yeah. and they're incredible 
That's why I bought three of the exact same <laughs> shirt because they're great to run in. Yeah. But I will not pay $50 for them. Yeah. I refuse to pay $50 for a piece of cloth that isn't hand-woven. And especially when you can go down the street to their store and buy the same thing for half the price. Exactly. Exactly. I Those shirts are a little bit off topic, but those shirts I cycled to their store, <laughs> walked in, purchased them, and cycled home. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I did everything. Very purposeful. Yeah, you know, but... Um, we going through all of that process with clearing out the van, specifically the belongings, because we'll get into the rest of that later. But we really struggled to to move a lot of the gear on. That's how we ended up getting to to where we got to with the donations, right? Yes. So we also were um, had a few items left over from our thirty day challenge, which we oh. Mark two because we did it in March and also in January of this year. So we had a few items that hadn't yet made it to the charity shop. So what we do in our home... Is and when you say a few items, there was hundreds of items. Yeah, it was a couple of days worth of items. But yeah. it was... Yeah, it was three days worth of items. So that's around 180 items, roughly. Um, plus the van stuff. Plus the van stuff. Um, because with, with the minimalist challenge or the minimalist game or the 30-day challenge, however you call it, it's over at theminimalist.com, um, every item that you minimize or declutter or get rid of, whichever word you choose to use, is supposed to leave the house by midnight that day. However, with four young children, we don't find it practical to actually um, have the item leave the house every single day. So what we do is we fill some large uh, black storage tubs that have lids that you know don't open, you can't see into them, and we put all our items in there, and then every few days remove it from the house, and that works for us. But we pretty much when it fills up, when yeah. the, when the lid won't close, oh, we've got to take some bags to the charity shop. Yeah, exactly. It just makes it a little bit easier on ourselves, a little bit more practical. Um, but we had a couple of days worth of stuff left over and all this van stuff and all the charity shops closed <laughs> mm. and I like the day before and I started having some real feelings about my things that I had been willing to let go of because I knew that I was going to donate them uh, well I suppose and I suppose that those feelings might have come up because my resolution was well it's going to have to go in the trash yes so I had no problem letting go of these things but I had a huge problem with just dumping them in the bin um, partly because of the issue of landfill and the environmental impact really you know I, I find that upsetting very wasteful it makes me feel a lot of guilt for the purchases and also I just feel like there's a better way to get rid of things yeah and I, and I suppose specifically on that like my workaround for that was Although that is an unfortunate byproduct, it is a means to an end. We have to dump once so that we can then live more purposefully without being in that, in that consumeristic cycle of just accumulate, 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 dump, accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. You know, we're, not, we're not donating or sending things to landfill 
To re-consume and re To clear space for new stuff. Yes. You know, because it, I think... I think it's very important for me to be sort of really open and honest about this this process of or this journey that we've been on with minimalism. No matter how much we've donated, we've sent twice to landfill. Yeah, definitely. We definitely have because I I have taken several full truckloads to what's the recycling center. We don't have landfill where we are but stuff will inevitably end up but it will it's it's not like when i was a kid you went to the dump and you just backed your ute up to a pile of rubbish and emptied it yeah whereas for us now things get recycled but inevitably something will end up in landfill but the way that i've been able to to square that because i don't like sending things to landfill either personally i'm not as hung up on it as you are but i don't like doing it either but I know for me, it was very much a, a means to an end. Yeah, well, a one-off hit to reduce our environmental impact in the future mm. in an ongoing way. Long term, yeah. And, yeah, and you know, you you said that to me and that I did feel more comfortable around that. And then the emotional um, attachment to the items that I had been willing to part with started to come into play. So... Uh, one thing I can think of off the top of my head is a dress that I wore to a Christmas party the first year we were together before I'd had any children and I looked really fantastic in it and since having children I've held on to this beautiful dress thinking oh I'll wear that again yeah and then I just had this feeling when I was going through my wardrobe trying to find items to minimize you know I thought do I really need to go backwards if I have an occasion to wear a beautiful dress? I'll find one. I'll find one in my wardrobe. I'll find one secondhand. You know, I'll, I'll find something. From someone. Yeah, or, you know, I'll borrow something from a, uh, from a girlfriend. I don't need this dress from a previous time that has no relation to kind of how I feel and how I live now. Um... And I thought, it's a really, really gorgeous dress and it was really expensive that someone else could really enjoy having that dress. Yeah. And now it's got to go to the landfill. Yeah, well, it's got to go to the landfill now because of... So the way we... we, we I tried we, to get around the sending everything straight to landfill. Obviously, I, I love to find a little a little workaround, a way to make things work, make things better. Dean's shaking his head and looking just really distressed right now. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've always got a, a way to um, make things go a little bit more my way. <laughs> <laughs> I think really that's it, isn't it? I'm glad we recorded that. <laughs> Um, so anyway, we, we decided that we would, in the sort of time-honoured um, tradition of Australians, we would have a garage sale, sort of. Basically, we put all our junk out the front of our house with a sign saying, take me. Yeah. Well, I, well yeah, with the exception that it wasn't junk. No, it wasn't the junk. Thing, the thing is, the junk went to landfill. Yes. The things that were broken that did not have a function anymore... We got rid of those things. Oh yeah, like we put out camping chairs because 
there there were camping chairs you know six people only need six chairs we don't need 10 chairs so we put the other ones out the front and yeah and and the clothes from the van that was still good and the things that we had donated um they all went out there too unless we could have sold them on so that was the other thing we did was that there were some things like there were there were some brand new tools in this ute yeah oh, sorry in this van that we decided to sell on for you know five ten dollars we must have sold like retail price a couple of thousand dollars worth of stuff on the weekend oh for 80 bucks for 80 bucks that's how much money we made 80 dollars yeah we weren't we weren't trying to make money i mean we probably should have we just wanted the stuff gone and also we could you know we decided to you know put that money towards the van conversion yeah. You know, to, and that's another, you know, another way that we could repurpose the stuff from the, from the van back into the van, you know? Um, but yeah, ma- making money from selling stuff has never really been a huge driver for us because I've always found it fairly unsuccessful and fairly, um, frustrating actually selling things because I, I get frustrated when people barter you down a dollar on something that you're selling for a fraction of the the retail price. Anyway, I'd almost rather just give it away. Yeah, yeah. And be I, done with it. I don't know. I, I, I really struggle with the selling because I'm very much, uh, especially around like decluttering and, and minimizing, I'm very much that once I make the decision for it to be gone, I want it gone. Yeah, I just need it out of the house. Yeah. Um, and I find it very frustrating when you know, you put up something that is worth a significant amount of money and you put it up really cheap. Like you don't put it up to make money and then someone says, I'll give you less or, hey, there's a string missing. You need to knock this off. And it's like, yeah, I understand this, but I just need it gone. So this $1,000 item that I want $20 for, give me the $20 or I'm going to give it to someone else for free. (laughs) Yeah, anyone you know, the, but you. The 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 um the antagonist inside me would rather do that. Obviously, I don't. But God, I want to sometimes. <laughs> you know, I think it would be quite funny. Yeah. But in saying that, like we've had some some really good experiences with that. Like I I always think back to day two of the first time around the minimalism game with my guitar. Yeah, January second. Yeah. Um and. I had a, a, a really beautiful Matten guitar. They're an Australian brand guitar. And I put it up and within an hour, someone had contacted me and said, I can be there in an hour. No bartering, no nothing. Came, looked at it, fell in love with this guitar and he had bought it because he wanted to teach his son oh. to play guitar. And I thought, well, great. Like, you know. That's th- lovely. And that money ultimately went to purchasing our kids bikes yeah that that money from you know this uh, this man bought a guitar that was worth more than what we sold it for um went he 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 was able to to pick up something at at a good price that was going to bring a lot of joy and value to his life and the money from that brought joy to our lives in another way you yeah. know, that, that that was the the process. That was the hardest day for me was getting rid of that guitar because I just didn't play it anymore. Yeah. You know, I just, I loved it. For and its existence. 
Yeah, and I, and I love the memory of playing rather than... I, I just didn't have the time. It's not even I didn't have the time because I don't think... You didn't prioritise playing it. It's the prioritising. And, you know, being able to, to pass that on to someone who's going to get something out of it was, was amazing. But then also the money that came back from that allowed us to bring more purpose into our lives. Well, because you bought our eldest a new bike, no training wheels, mm. and taught her to ride. Yeah. And that was a feeling. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's, an, that's an experience and a memory that we'll all have for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know, once that bike is too small, too old, too beaten, and it's gone, that memory will live on. Yeah. You she, know, because that's a, that, that's a true a experience. Yeah. And she couldn't before. So, yeah, that's amazing. But I think, you know, all, all, all of this is, is to, to talk about um, ultimately what we ended up doing was we, you know, like we said, we, we post a lot of things online. Um, and left them out for people to leave money in the mailbox, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we put up a, a post on um, Facebook basically saying, here's a whole bunch of free stuff. If you want it, come get it. If not, we're going to just send it to, to landfill. And we left it up for a couple of days. And it's interesting you talk about the dress because so much stuff went that I was like, I had said to you, it's junk. that's crap. Like we need to throw that in the bin. All that got taken. Yeah. And this, um, my beautiful dress is still there. The beautiful <laughs> dress is sitting keep, on the pavement. I keep thinking about taking it back, but it's been rained on. Um, we're just waiting for bin night tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, but essentially, I have struggled and I, I was saying to Dean, I don't know how well I'm going to go minimizing our existing stuff at the moment without having that option to take it to the op shore, thrift store, charity shop, however you say it, um, because that's something that um, helps me ease my emotional attachment to things knowing that someone else is going to get value out of it. And when I know that I've just got to send something to the landfill, it just encourages negative feelings about my, you know, poor choices. Le leading up to the up purchase, to the purchase. right. Um, however, I do think overall that it is better to still minimize as much as possible and have um, the, the purposeful home that we are currently cultivating, but obviously still having to work backwards from the things that didn't have a lot of purpose that we brought into our lives before this journey. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's difficult it's difficult choices and, and decisions that need to be made to ultimately move forward. Yes. You know, that's, that's the thing is that the, those, those difficult decisions present roadblocks on the journey and you can work around them, you can go over them, you can go under them, but uh, you in, uh, eventually need to keep moving forward. So there's, you know, yes, <laughs> I'm talking about going on a bear hunt. <laughs> you know, but you, you do... At some point, whether it's oh, I really, you know, the the thing that eases your way into into the the actual minimizing of stuff, 
is someone else will get more joy out of this when that no longer becomes an option because of the current climate we're in. Yeah. That choice becomes harder because that that easy avenue for you is no longer an option, you know? But so maybe as well, it actually highlights the real cost of these choices that, you know, we've made in the past by buying things and bringing things into our lives mm. that weren't purposeful. Um, Cause I, as you're talking, I've just got this example running around in my head of this designer handbag I have in the house that I don't think I really love. And I've been umming and ahhing about getting rid of it. And now, the giving it away may not be an option, but I can't bring myself to throw that away. It's too wasteful. Except that, did I already, did I already waste it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Did I? Did does it matter whether it goes to landfill or not? In terms of how it impacts my life. Well, I'm not talking about a wider environmental question because obviously that matters. I'm just talking about minimalism for me. Well, is it? But is it already in landfill in yes. your drawer? Yes. Is the, is the question because whether it sits in your drawer or it sits on a pile somewhere, in terms of the philosophy we're trying to live by, yes. it makes no difference. It's Environmentally, it's totally different. Yes. But in terms of a philosophical, from a philosophical point of view around what we're trying to do is it it's already, already in landfill yeah it's already there yeah because you're not using it you've never used it and it's just sitting in a drawer yeah you know that would be much more beautiful empty <laughs> a real thing about empty drawers I think it's amazing yeah it is it's definitely a new discovery for me and I quite love it in fact right now we're recording this uh, on the iPad that's sitting on top of an upended storage container. That's empty. That's empty. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, t we've talked a little bit about the struggles of minimizing during the coronavirus. Um, I just wanted to talk though a little bit about some of the benefits that we've found through um, this purposeful journey. Um, during the coronavirus and that's really come from um, how we've minimized our diet yeah and I suppose when when you say minimize our diet too it's it really what it is more for me is that we've taken it, it, we have a much more purposeful yeah diet because we don't eat minimal Oh, no, we don't eat less. We eat loads. <laughs> yeah. I actually eat more now yeah, than I do. ever did because I was always a small eater. But we're Apart much more... chocolate and crisps at night. And soda. Yes. Oh. Soft drinks. Yeah. No, um, so we, we, we have... Um, yeah, so let, overhauled let's start, our diet. Yeah, let's, 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 just do a, let's just do a quick recap. So it was about 10 months ago we went sugar-free and we used the sarah wilson i quit sugar detox yes to eight start week, it eight week detox but before that right you were a you were pes pescatarian. pescatarian um so for over a decade and i, I main, mainly ate vegetarian food but I, I probably had fish around once a week sometimes more sometimes less pretty much once a week yeah. 
but I was I was a level of carnivore <laughs> that would go and hunt my own meat for several days at a time, bring home 50, 60, 70 kilos of wild red meat, butcher it, store it, and only eat my own meat. That was that was where that was my way of being a purposeful eater before. Yeah. And conservation hunting and yeah which is this, which is its whole other thing but getting to you're a, you're to, a carnival yeah to quit <laughs> to quitting sugar that's where i was at um and then we did this detox which i thought would have been a lot harder than it was but i think it was it's the decision that is hard once you've act, once you've truly committed, well, it's not that it was the commitment to the decision. Yeah, once and once you've made a true commitment, and I think, and I've, I've found this throughout my life over the last eighteen months to two years, is that you know you've truly committed to something when it's easy. Well, also we were not looking at it as a diet. Yeah, it was not a let's try this for a while. It was. Um, it was a, a lifestyle change. A decision to remove something that we found to be really negative from our lives, i.e. sugar. And we went through the detox process of um, getting rid of it, which was quite intense because we had to give up fruit, which was a pain because seeing our children eating all these delicious berries and just sort of drooling over them and not being able to eat fruit was a little bit hard. But yeah. overall, it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a big deal. Well, uh, look, for, for me, I found it so easy that during that process, I quit meat too. Yes. It was in the detox, I quit meat. Yeah. Halfway through the eight-week detox, I actually gave up eating meat too. Um, and that's, look, it's not to say that quitting sugar is, is easy. The Doing the detox was easy for us, or for me specifically. Where I struggled was when we came out the other end of it, I realized my lack of of total education yeah. around food at all. Yeah. Everything I cooked had sugar in it. Well, you'd ask me, what can I eat? Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. What am I allowed to eat? Yeah. And, it, and, it, and that was, I suppose that was when we started really looking at things in terms of we shop by labels now. Yeah. Pick something up. If we don't know what it is, we check. We don't just put things in the basket. Oh, we need peanut butter. We need this. We need that. And throw it in the basket. We check. And even things that you would assume would have a single ingredient, like olive oil, still check. Yeah. You know, every, every, everything that... Most things we buy, obviously, are not processed because of the way that we choose to eat. But anything that comes in any kind of packaging, yeah, full read of the labels and... The majority of stuff I check a label of go back on the shelf because they've got sugar in. Yeah, that's right. And and so that you know, the, the the quitting sugar was extremely difficult in terms of knowing what I could eat. You you were you had an advantage over yeah. me. You'd already eaten more purposefully than me. Yes. So my my problem was that I wanted to keep doing it and where I would struggle would be I didn't I didn't realise how much I had to plan my meals when I wasn't eating so much junk because it keeps you full. What I found was like, I, I never was actually hungry before. Now I know what hunger is. I get hungry. You know, I, I, I get to a point where I know 
I need to eat, I'm low on nutrients. It was also the grab and go element. Like if you didn't plan and you were out, you could be quite stuck. It would be very hard to find something to eat. Like I did find that a certain brand of crackers and cheese you could eat. Mm. But only a certain brand because most of them, the crackers contain sugar. So it was still a minefield, even if, you know, even sayos. Yeah. We can't, you can't eat sayos. They got sugar in them. So we had to find a different brand. Yeah. You know? Um, Aldi own brand, if you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, 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 worked, we worked through that and we got to a pretty solid stage of no sugar. And yeah. during all that, I quit meat, which was after quitting sugar. An absolute walk in the park. And it was crazy because I used to cook a lot of meals and you would say, oh, that was lovely, but it would have been better if it had some meat in it. Yeah, everything was better with bacon on it. Yeah, but, you know, if I make a stir fry, like, oh, it was okay. It needed chicken. You know, it was nice, but it could have done with some beef in there. Everything was... Yeah. Like, you were quite dissatisfied with a meal that didn't contain meat. I specifically not, remember yeah. you cooking a meal... And me having to go and get a cheeseburger after it because I was like that just it just I wasn't satisfied. I needed a cheeseburger. Yeah. Which I now know I needed sugar. Yeah. I didn't need meat. I needed sugar. Um, but after it wasn't. I didn't realize how much I was a complete and utter sugar addict. I knew that I'd ate way too much sugar, but at a deep level. It had worked its way into my knowledge of food without me knowing. Yeah. Um, so quitting meat was easy because I just had to stop eating meat. That was easy. Yes. Does that beef have meat in it? Then I can't eat it. Whereas the sugar, you know, it's pervasive. It's in your sauces. It's in, uh, you know, lots of tomato products. It's in breads. It's in... Yeah. Basi oh. Basically, your staple meals all have sugar in them if you don't make the sauce from scratch. Yeah. And then even, like, we love, um, you know, Asian-style cooking, but you find your soy sauce has sugar in and... Yeah. So, <laughs> you yeah, know... And it was, the, it was the minimalism that helped us stay on track with that stuff. Be, you know... Being purposeful. Yeah. And, it, and if it hadn't have been you know, walking this path, it would I feel like it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. To to stick with the through the difficult part of the sugar and the vegetarian because that led us to being plant based. Yeah. And you can say it. We're I'm vegan. not saying it. We're vegan. <laughs> um the V word scares me a lot because people just think you're a pariah. When, when you say the word vegan, oh, you're one of those people. And I have no interest in converting people to vegan. I do. They can't be on my level, mate. Oh, it's, it's so hard because, you know, I have made fun of so many vegans in my life. Like, really, as soon as someone says they're a vegan, I just roll my eyes. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's me. I have to roll my eyes at myself. I roll my eyes at you all the time. <laughs> but you, you and you, your cat dog. You can't help but want to... Um, share something that you know you feel is really positive for you and that's what this whole minimalism thing is about you know we want to share how positive the benefits have been for us and we're still you know at the beginning of our journey mm. 
I think it's important though too is that although you know even through like through a medium like this like podcasting or through our website we're not sharing we're role modeling is what it is we're not we're preaching not yeah, no, we're not you know, preaching. We're sharing. We're sharing our experience of something and how it works for us. Yes, and and the benefits that we see. You know, because in that sugar quitting sugar process and going vegan, I lost thirty two kilos. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't until I'd lost all that weight that I started training. So yeah. I train quite hard now, but none of that was from exercise. Yeah. You know, it's all diet because I was, I had already lost all that weight when I started cycling, you know, and then when I eventually started running and we started training for a marathon, I already lost all that weight. Yeah. It was purely, I was maintaining an unhealthy body weight with poor diet. Yes. And now you're training to be healthy. It's- yeah. And none of these things were about, none of these decisions were about losing weight you know, or, or being thin or any of those things. I'm still 90 kilos. Well, I was pregnant when we gave up sugar, so I was getting bigger all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I'm I'm not a skinny little person. I'm still a big guy, 90 kilos. But, and, and it was never about the physical appearance. It was all about health. The health, yeah. You know, and there is there was no, and that health decision came from, trying to live more purposefully. You know, it was like quitting cigarettes. Yeah. When I quit smoking, how can I continue to just put this poison in but try and live a life of purpose? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It was it was counterproductive. And we keep coming back to um, you know, it's purposeful life. It's coming back to your core values. You know, what what do you want your life to be about? Well, you know, we have four young children. We want it to be about spending you know um, quality time with them creating happy humans who get to go on to be happy adults who can live their own lives of purpose Mm. and how can we um, look ourselves in the eye if our have you ever tried to look yourself in the eye in the mirror you do it in the mirror (laughs) but if our values are around family and you know creating this family and people that are happy and content and you know interesting and interested in things if we're killing ourselves consciously actively yes actively yeah, that that's that's what it is that's that's what it is for me is actively and willingly seeking your own destruction oh it's quite heartbreaking really you when when you think about it like that so anyway so we we found that we couldn't keep living yeah like and, that. And, and and that in itself was was another was a part of this this entire journey because for us minimalism has been a framework to live more purposefully that's it it's not about living with less or any of those things it's about just having more purpose and after doing after reading um you know books on it and um what, what was the one it was everything that remains right yes by the by minimalists the um we, we, we came to that thing of, of, of purpose. That's, that's the thing that stuck out to both of us yes. was the purpose. And we started to apply purposeful living to all aspects of our life, 
to work, to food, to uh, you know, social engagements, to education, to everything, exercise, everything became about purpose. And if it didn't have a purpose, then it was a wasted resource or a waste of time, yeah. which is a resource. Definitely. You know, so it, it, it's through that, that minimalist or minimalistic framework that, that, you know, has allowed us to really get to those core values that you're talking about, yeah. you know, and one of those things sort of really leads into how we got to the van, you know, um, which I suppose we should probably give a bit of an update on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. quickly, um, let's, let's do that. So uh, the, at, where we're at right now is uh, a couple of days ago after we cleaned out all of the, the previous owner's belongings. Um, the boys stripped it out. Yeah, <laughs> me uh, and, and, uh, um, and our five-year-old daughter too. Um, me and our three-year-old son and five-year-old daughter got into got into the van with a drill a timber hammer my son had and my daughter was running brackets and screws and bits of timber around um and yeah we we, we gutted it and because it, it had a big framework in it of cupboards and a bed frame and yeah. all this junk that didn't suit our purpose yeah and and it was really good to um to give you a bit of an idea of the space that was inside because yeah. that was a big issue. Yeah. I, I, I saw it and thought, why have you bought a mini? <laughs> yeah. Why did you come <laughs> home with a minivan? We've already got of one us. of those. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we gutted it. Um, and then we spent some time, you and I with a tape measure and some masking tape and, you know, making, shapes on the ground of here's where you know we want a bed to go or here's where we can put some chairs and a table and you know yeah taping the whole thing out really helped me um because i don't have a good um perspective when it comes to dimensions i can't see that in my mind you know i so seeing it actually physically laid out with the blue tape um really helped me see how things would work and and you as well even it definitely helped. It definitely helped me understand uh, what designs were going to work and what wouldn't work. Yeah, and we had a pretty good um, what's the word like a miscommunication over the word tape. <laughs> About five minutes we spent going backwards and forwards over putting the tape somewhere, and you know he was saying <laughs> the tape won't help because we need the tape, and I'm saying but we just stick the tape down and it was going backwards and forwards and basically I meant the masking tape and he meant the tape measure. So <laughs> that's why we couldn't agree on where to put the tape. <laughs> so. Oh, I can't even, this is so frustrating. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even. Language is important, people. <laughs> oh. oh, I can't even. Anyway, yes. We, so we taped out and we taped down and. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we came to, to a design that we have a foundation of, you know, there's a couple of key elements that still really need um, to be addressed. You know, how we're going to do the seating arrangement because we've got to put um, some seats in the back that are certified and legal and stuff so we can transport um, the children, which is you know, a challenge unto itself because... Um, you know, as it stands at the moment, 
the 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 back is empty and those seats are going to take up quite a bit of space with you know regulations and all that sort of stuff um uh you know and besides the seats anyway um the the other thing that needed to be done was it's a it's a full panel full panel van so there's no windows other than the driver's side door and the front passenger door and nice mummy over here thought it might actually be nice for the kids to have some windows to look out of when they when we're driving yeah total unnecessary expense <laughs> yeah. i won yeah so we uh we found we found someone who who does a lot of um camper conversions and works pretty much on vans i actually spoke to him and he said most of his work comes from converting vans for people that work in motocross so he, he he fits them out to you know to, for people to store motorbikes and also sleep um, yeah. at tracks and stuff as they travel like over the country doing doing motocross events, um, but we sent it to him, the the van to him today to get some windows fitted and get uh, an electrical rough in done so just run the cables before I um, and the insulation as well yeah and the insulation before I I sheet the van. Um, and then, you know, we, we know now that the process from there needs to be, uh, once it's sheeted, get the seats done that we were just talking about and then build everything else around that. So, you know, that's sort of where we're at with it now and where, you know, in terms of time, I don't really know how long it's going to take us to get it up and going, but the, but the ball is moving, which is, which is great. It feels it's really good. Really exciting. And obviously with this whole Corona thing, we're not in a rush to get away, you know, in two weeks time because that's not going to be an option anyway. So for me, my aim is that you, you'll have everything done by the time we're allowed to go camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, but it just, it feels good to, I think, to, to have it, to have it moving and it's not just a vehicle now that, you know, is a burden. It's, there's actually things happening, um, and we're we're one step closer to, you know, fulfilling that purpose of spending more time with the kids outdoors. And, and what's really nice is the kids are all really involved in the process. You know, they're really excited about what's happening. Obviously, our son was helping you um, knock out stuff from the inside. I mean, helpings heavily inverted commas, but you know, he he feels like he was helping. So. Mm. Um, and they're very excited about, you know, the weekend being able to get in and do some more stuff. And it's already bringing our family together, having more quality time and we're not even camping. Yeah. And, you know, I think from here moving forward, I'm, I'm just really excited to see where it takes us, you know, that I think that's for me what it is now. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Me too. And until next time, keep living life on purpose.